0: This is the Women Encouraged Podcast, and I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We are all about growing in Christ and being shaped by His Word, so it's a joy to welcome you here to these conversations about loving God, loving His Word, and growing in faithfulness to Him. Thanks for being here. Hi friend, welcome back. I'm so thankful to have you here today and to get to share this episode with you. I'm talking to Katie Ferris, who is a pastor's wife, a mother, and author of the book, He Will Be Enough. I'm so grateful to share this because Katie has a powerful testimony of the Lord's faithfulness and trustworthiness in the midst of pain and trials. You'll get to hear a little bit of the Ferris' story of running to the Lord as they faced a difficult diagnosis in their children. And we'll also discuss confronting the questions that arise and meeting our feelings with the truth when our feelings want to dominate. Katie's going to share her story, so I'll let her introduce herself and we'll just go ahead and dive right in. Well, Katie, I'm so thankful to have you here. And we've done our pre-chat and giggled and just rejoiced in the Lord's goodness already. And I just want to welcome you here to the Women Encouraged podcast. You've been a writer for us on and off a couple of times, and we've been so blessed by your work and your writing. So would you just start us off by introducing yourself and giving us just a bit of a snapshot of what your life is like?
1: Absolutely. Bethany, thank you so much for inviting me to do this. Um, I'm just excited to be able to interact with you, get to know you a little bit better. And um, I hope this conversation is a blessing to the people who listen. So I'm Katie Ferris. And my parents couldn't decide if they wanted to name me Catherine or Kathleen. But they knew they wanted to call me Katie. So um, that's where the Katie comes from. And then I married my husband, Scott, his last name is Ferris. So that's where the Ferris comes from. And we've been married for almost 17 years. And we have five children, we have three sons and two daughters. And is that the same lineup as your family? Okay.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And actually that's about the amount of time we've been married too. So that's really funny.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I'm curious, my oldest is turning 16 next week. How old is your oldest? He's 14. All right. Still very similar. Three boys, two girls. Um, My oldest is turning 16 next week and my baby is turning five next week also. So that's our age span. Um, And you know, when I was a little girl, you know, my girls are young now. So they talk about what they want to be, who they want to be when they grow up. And I know when I was younger, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to do something in Christian ministry. And, uh, I just am so grateful that, you know, the Lord has blessed those desires of my heart. And in this season, I get to be a mom and, uh, I get to write, which is a real joy for me. Uh, but you know, ministry is through both of those things. And then, uh, you know, my husband is a pastor, so there's ministry through the local church as well. But, um, those are some of the things that I do. Uh, but thank you so much. I know we're going to talk about my book. He will be enough. And, uh, part of that story, you know, really has to do with my children and, uh, Three of them were diagnosed with a serious genetic condition uh, in 2013. So we can talk about that if you want to. Um, just some of that journey, um, and then our life today. Uh, we do homeschool, which I'm so grateful to be able to do. And I was thinking about that today, even you know, with my kids, they see a number of different specialists. But you know, every time we leave an appointment, uh, the lady, at the receptionist, will ask us, you know, do you need a school note? And you know, it's just another. <laughs> Uh, provision that I can stay home with them. And uh, I just think, you know, they would be out of classes a lot. Uh, they would be missing a lot of days. They'd be exposed to sicknesses. They could slow them down. So I don't know. In terms of our day-to-day, I'm with my kids a lot. Uh, and I am grateful to be able to say that as hard as, you know, it's it's hard and good at the same time, as hard as those uh, losses are in I'm thinking specifically of the genetic condition and, you know, some of the losses we experience. I've also experienced God's blessing and I'm grateful to be able to spend so much time with my family and for the good things that God's doing in this season. So yeah, that's,
0: there you go. That's me. Oh, it's so good to, to hear that. And yes, um, it's very relatable actually hearing what you say mm-hmm. about the hard and the good existing at the same time. And, Um, and just the way that God provides and cares for us, like, like you were talking about just being able to be at home with them, that that's something that the Lord has enabled you to do and just to care for them at home, even in the midst of this struggle. Do you, do you mind sharing a little bit about, um, the journey you guys have been on with this genetic condition?
1: No, I don't mind at all. You know, I am, I try to be careful with protecting my children since they're minors, um, but it is our family story. And so uh, it's really a privilege to share about God's faithfulness. Um, so yeah, if I go back to the beginning, uh, one of my children was diagnosed with this condition. It's called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. And uh, it can impact the liver and lungs over time. And because it was a genetic condition, and we found it initially because my son was... Um, sick with a pretty significant virus that impacted him and his liver numbers were very high. And so that's how we found it out. But, um, from there, because it was genetic, we had to test the whole family. And, um, I got that, you know, really life-changing phone call. I was already processing the fact that one of my children had this condition, but the phone call that two more of my, at that time, three children also had it. And, uh, I just remember calling my husband immediately (laughs) and, um, he left work and he came home and we just, the kids were playing inside and we were sitting on our front porch together, just weeping and just felt like grief just washed into our home. Um, and it it wasn't, I mean, the grief was already there from our first son's diagnosis, but there was so much pent up emotion at that point, there was no more room to contain it. And I just remember weeping and holding one another and. In God's kindness, he led us just to pray together that, you know, day one of this like whole new world for us uh, that we were walking into and we had no idea. Um, Yeah, I'm going to tear up now, too. (laughs) You know, you know, just didn't know. But uh, where we were headed or um, just lots of questions for the Lord, not even sure how to pray through that. Um, You know, what do we ask for? What do we hope for? Uh, But just really wanting God to be part of that story and so you know at this point it's nine years later uh, and we've seen him be faithful through it uh definitely hard days Um, there've been additional diagnoses uh uh yeah and so it hasn't always been easy uh But we've experienced God's faithfulness and uh, I think a lot of my heart, especially with my book, He Will Be Enough, is really to encourage other families, um, individuals, whatever challenge people are facing. But, uh, you know, God will be, if they're asking the question, will he be enough, that uh, if you trust in him, he really will be. Um, That's been our story, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How does that relate? Or how how, how do you hear that? How do you oh, think about uh, that?
0: It's very moving to me, but it is just such a good reminder to me that, um. well, I'm just so encouraged. I should say, I should say, I'm just so encouraged mm-hmm. that like the way that the Lord was already working in your hearts to receive bad news, that, that your first response mm-hmm. was, yeah, to weep and to receive the news, but to also seek him. And that Mm -hmm. is just such an encouragement to me um, that I want that to be my first response to bad news. And sometimes you can go around life anticipating bad news or thinking like, and maybe in your case, like what's next, you know, what Mm -hmm. um, do I need to keep my, you know, looking over my shoulder for what could happen next or, um, or will it. Will I be able to just walk and trust that God is going to carry me each step of the way? And then when the bad news comes that he's going to be there in that too. Um, We've had this situation more recently where um, I've had to just talk to my kids about, you know, the story of Job, I think is one of the Mm -hmm. things that has come up a lot. Um, Just that when Job was suffering, God was not absent and God was not out of control. He hadn't lost control of the situation. Um, there are things about Job's story of suffering that we do not understand in our finite sense. Like how could God do this to him? How could God allow this in his life? And and yet that, that verse where he says, you know, I know that my redeemer lives. And that's where his ultimate hope lay and... I want that to be my hope that everything that's just crumbling and folding up around me or, Mm -hmm. or the things that I'm anticipating, or I was talking to a friend Mm -hmm. yesterday about just the feeling like she was talking about how She was feeling like it was just a series of shoes dropping. Like we're just waiting for this other shoe. And, and I remember having a conversation with that friend years ago when we were in another situation. And I just said, I feel like I'm waiting every moment of every day, like, okay, what now, what now? And then it came to me that like, the Lord is the one holding all the shoes and he's not chucking them at me indiscriminately. He is actually mm-hmm. using everything, every, every mm-hmm. you know, proverbial shoe that's dropping is filtered yeah. through his hands. And, yeah. and he's shaping my life through that. And he's going to work his goodness. And when you're in the middle of that, you don't feel it. Yeah. You don't understand it. It doesn't. It's like, you can't see the forest for the trees, but yeah. I think the, the closer you walk with the Lord and the more you um, seek his face, like you were, you and your husband were doing the much mm-hmm. easier, it's just that much more, mm-hmm. not easier, but it's, it's more peaceful to receive the bad news. If that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I can totally relate to what you're saying about, you know, especially when you walked through a series of hard things. In my book, I call it the pile on effect, but I like the shoe illustration. But when you've walked through a series of hard things, you can just begin to anticipate or expect something around the corner. And um I think, you know, having been told by the doctors when we were doing those repeat tests for my son, you know, 95% chance it's nothing, 95% chance it's nothing. We're just gonna do another test test just to make sure, just to check something. And then finding out he's part of the percentage you know, the 5%, I think I'm always going to live now thinking and assuming my child at least could be the 5% or whatever the situation is. You know, I know that's a valid possibility, but can I trust God when it's the 5% and not the
0: 95%? and it's but, so easy to look at, like when you hear that kind of stuff and you're, yeah, it's so easy to instantaneously place our hope in a percentage number. Like it's probably mm-hmm. not me. It's probably not us. We won't have to walk mm-hmm. this road. and then and then, when you get to that point where, oh, you are that five percent, you know, to just even imagine how could God use this to to deepen that walk that we have? Like when my hope has been in a number, mm-hmm my eyes are not going to be set on him when the, when we are part of that small percentage. Yes, Um, Yes. I want to kind of launch that into or launch us into the next question that I have for you just with that segue and just ask you, because when we are suffering, it is just, Mm -hmm. it feels impossible to imagine God's going to use this thing to deepen our walk with him, or even to bring us good and let alone believe that he's with us and that he is enough Mm -hmm. Um, how do we trust God when we feel that kind of abandonment that you know how God why did you let me be in, or my family or my child be in that 5% Yeah
1: yeah uh it's a great question um uh, especially when you're in that season you talked about I'm not sure but I, I know I walked through a season especially after my children's diagnosis I just felt like the weeping friend I felt like everywhere I went you know a, Pin could drop and I would weep. It didn't take much at all, uh, and the feelings can be so intense. And I uh, mean, yeah, just how do you speak truth to those feelings when the feelings want to dominate? I think you know it's it's biblical truth that we need. So uh, just as in other seasons of our lives, you know, are we going to the Word? Are we surrounding ourselves with people who are going to speak the truth into our lives? Uh, Are we listening to um, songs or even just corporate worship? I talk in my book about singing to one another and the value of other people singing to me and reminding me of gospel truth. Uh, So I think that it is, you know, it's fighting the uh, flesh that wants to just give into those feelings and grief is totally appropriate and, you know, it's biblical too, but I think it's then taking that and applying biblical lament, what God says to do with that grace that we can bring it to him. Uh, so I think it's speaking truth to those feelings. Uh, but you're also you're talking about Job a few minutes ago and, uh, you know, <sighs> the Lord has met me in the story of Job as well, as I'm sure he's met lots of people walking through really hard things, especially because part of Job's story is that he loses his children. And, you know, it's like, that's a real loss. He's not getting those children back. And how could God allow something like that? And, uh, and Job asks tons of questions. And uh, I think I appreciate that scripture, uh, There are lots of people who ask questions and that there's freedom to ask questions of God. Uh, But when God answers Job in the end, he's answering him with truths about himself. And um, it's kind of like he's turning around. He's not specifically answering Job's questions, but he's asking Job questions. And uh, I think... As we go to truth, um, even in our suffering, even with our questions, even with our feelings, um, God is more than big enough as he speaks to Job uh, to handle our questions, to handle our feelings. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what we need isn't necessarily for God to make everything better right away. You know, we have the promise of heaven, but It's not for him to change our circumstances. That's not where the peace is found. But it really is to know that there's a God who's bigger than our struggle, a God who's bigger than our questions, a God who is trustworthy in the middle of it all. And I love how God, you know, he answers Job's questions by revealing who. So Job's asking why, what, but God says, who, it's me. And At the end of the day, your real comfort's going to be found in knowing me better. And I think that's what God does for us. When we go to him in our suffering, he reveals more of himself to us. And we get to know him in ways that we wouldn't have known unless we'd gone through the hard and found him to be the faithful friend walking right there with us. Um, so wow.
0: that's a lot. <laughs> no, it's so good. It's so good. And I was just thinking while you're talking about that, like, would there always just be comfort mm-hmm. in our circumstances being changed? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so often that's what the, that's what we think will solve our pain in the in the pain in the painful circumstances that we're walking through. We think that if you could just take the pain away, you could just solve the circumstance that's causing this this grief or hardship. Mm-hmm. That that would actually bring me the comfort that I want. When the reality is that. God is the comfort that I need. Yes. And I've, you know, I've we talked briefly before we got recording here about um you have a, a friend who's walking through post concussion syndrome as I have been. And you you just go through invisible grief a lot of the time. And and it's a very lonely thing because, you know, people can't look at you and immediately see that something's wrong. And then um at a certain point you just have to admit that there's there's something that i can't carry that's too mm-hmm. big for me to carry it's too painful and yet i've known god in a better way and more closely in the last mm-hmm. you know year and a half to two years than i think i've mm-hmm. ever known him and mm-hmm. i told my husband about 6 months ago cuz we were struggling with where what do we do next and and is there something I need to be doing to fix this problem that, you know, recurs or whatever. Cause I I told you that I had a pretty big regression in November and December. It was really challenging. And then we did find out what was causing that, but you know, when you're seeking, when you're working through a health issue, it's very tempting to put your hope in having that health issue resolved. Um, and I told my husband about six months ago, I sometimes wonder if i actually want to be completely healed and not that i don't want to it's just that i i don't feel sad about any of this in a in kind of a strange way because what it has done is make me more dependent on god and i don't want anything to take that away so i'm almost i get to a point sometimes where i'm a little bit afraid of being completely healed because what if that made me more self sufficient <laughs> and i i i have learned to treasure the dependence on God and his care for me and his nearness. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's a beautiful
1: thing. I think, I mean you're what you're sharing is a testimony even of God's redemption that he really isn't wasting your suffering that he's working good out of it and uh, that's a beautiful thing. I think that should be an encouragement to anyone listening who's walk, walking through something hard too you know I think when you're right in the middle of that challenge or even at the beginning of the challenge, that can be really hard to see um, and, and you know I think in my specific scenario, you know i It's hard to say it in the same words that you did in a trial that's specific to you, because I wouldn't wish this on my children in any way. And yet at the same time, that's my prayer, is that God would not waste the suffering in their lives, that he would use this. And this could even be part of their story of coming to faith or, you know, how the Lord leads them in their own personal walk with him to go deeper. So I would hope that he would do that for them, but it's definitely been, you know, walking through this trial as a mom has definitely drawn me closer to the Lord and helped me uh know him as I said before like in ways I wouldn't have known him otherwise. Uh yeah. So, I, trials test our faith and um but they also I think they prove the faithfulness of our God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so good. Um, So for the person who's listening, who's just not Mm -hmm. really connecting with this, maybe they're feeling Mm -hmm. like they can't be confident that Christ is Mm -hmm. in their circumstances. How would you encourage their heart in that?
1: Yeah, well, we already mentioned Job, and I would not want to be one of those um, friends of Job who came to comfort him. And, you know, then as soon as they opened their mouths, you know, it was not helpful. But I think, uh, yeah, I I, honestly, if I were sitting with somebody, I would want to hear their story. I would want to know what is going on in your life that's so hard that it makes it hard to be confident that God is good and that he's trustworthy here because it's got to be something really hard. And I would want to, you know, show care to that person, come alongside of them help them acknowledge that it's hard. I think sometimes, you know, what's been helpful to me is other people who just come along and say, I'm so sorry. You know, there's such a temptation to fix it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, our situation can't necessarily be fixed in a natural way. Um, And it's not necessarily going away anytime soon. And we don't know what it's going to look like in the future. So, yeah, I think I would want to offer sympathy to that person. I hope, you know, the listener that, you have someone you can go to who can help you navigate grief. And, uh, and at the same time, I would want to tell that person that God does see you, even if nobody else understands what you're going through. Nobody else has the same situation or condition. You know, I met someone within the past year and a half who has multiple children with, um, different conditions but up until that point I never met someone else who had three children with the same genetic condition so um I mean I have friends who've been able to relate to me in trials with their children but um all that to say like if there's someone who's going through there may not be someone who can sympathize from experience with what you're going through but Jesus you know it tells us in his word that um You know, he became like us and he's able to sympathize with us, even in our temptations, even though he didn't sin. And so I take great comfort in knowing that we can go to the Lord in our time of need, uh, as Hebrews 4 talks about. Um, we don't have to wait till we have our act together, till things are cleaned up. Um, so I want that person to know God sees you, he hears you and you can go to him and he understands better than anybody else does. And uh, you can just pour out your heart to him. You don't have, it doesn't have to be filtered. You know, you can just pour
0: out your heart. I love that. I was thinking when you were sharing about your your story with your children, how hmm much your heart must ache in so many ways for how this affects their future and the kinds of questions that this brings up for you. I think any kind of suffering brings some kind of question. Um, And they're just like, we talked a little bit about, there's just some that are going to go unanswered maybe for a season, maybe for until we get to be with the Lord or maybe never, you know, maybe we'll never get that answer because that's not what the Lord wants, but What do you do as a believer wanting to walk faithfully with the Lord when our questions are going unanswered?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think that that is an experience. And I think you're getting at the heart of something that's going on in our hearts also is, um, you know, when we have questions that go unanswered, how are we going to respond? Um, And I think sometimes that can reveal the heart behind our questions in the first place um, have we been coming with certain expectations of God with, um, demands? I think it's totally normal to ask questions. It's not wrong to ask questions, but I think we can ask questions with, um, a heart that's already prejudged God. Uh, but I think we can also come. And I think this is a work of the Holy spirit. I don't think any of us do this in our own strength or naturally, but, uh, to be able to come and just humbly lay those questions at God's feet. Just like we lay our cares and our anxieties. We do it because he loves us. We do it because he's proven that love to us already on the cross. And at the end of the day, you're right. We may not get answers to all of this, but, um, we get him and, uh, you know, Jesus is God's answer. He's, um, the answer to God's promises he's the fulfillment of God's promises so we get him and I know that doesn't always solve that like craving that we have to understand um so I think we just bring that like everything else prayer and petition with thanksgiving and we bring it to God and we ask him to give us the peace that passes understanding just to be able to trust him um I know it's hard it it, it's not easy but
0: Is there something that you found that um, that has really maybe been a phrase or a particular perspective that's just shaped that the way you view your circumstances through hope in Christ?
1: Um, Yeah, I I'm going to answer this in a roundabout way. (laughs) Um, I think going back to the fact that my children were diagnosed in 2013, so it's been nine years. Of walking this. And I would say, in those early years, there was a lot of perplexity. There was a lot of grief. There was a lot of not understanding. Um, part of what I've written in this book, part of why I've written it, is because I want to record how God met us in that. And I don't want to forget his faithfulness. And I, initially, I was writing it um, down because I wanted my kids to see and to hear and know God's faithfulness to them whether or not I can tell it to them someday. I wanted them to have a record of that. Um, but, you know, as it turned into a book, I wanted to be able to share it with other people as well. In, um, so it's not just our story, it's pointing people to scripture and to truths. But um, in that, you know, early on, I would, I'm trying to remember precisely, I think it was around two, two and a half years into it. I remember still, feeling a lot of um, uncertainty, perplexity, and going for a walk. um, And it was raining. And um, I had been reading Psalm 23. And I remember the Lord was um, just making that Psalm alive for me, as he has for so many other people, and helping me to see that I was walking through a valley. And It was a valley with shadows and my shadow was this fear of death for my children. And uh, I think just recognizing, you know, as a mom, that's my greatest fear. My greatest fear is that they're going to die. And we know that they will someday. Um, But I just remember in that time you know, acknowledging what my greatest fear was, was helpful, having the Lord pinpoint that for me. And then very quickly in that moment, after two years, two and a half years, you know, the Lord spoke to my heart in a way that was very meaningful to me and reminded me that he had given his son, you know, so I'm making that comparison between God the Father giving his son and my fear for my own children. He gave his son because of my fear of death. And, um, Jesus, uh, you know, so it was just, I'm not sure I, I can put it into words clearly succinctly right now, but I just felt like the Lord took the gospel and applied it to my specific situation for my children and my fear. And it brought me so much comfort. And so I think from that, what I'm sharing is I would encourage people like to be patient, to wait for the Lord. Um, you might not have a message. You might not have something that comes right away, but the Lord sees and he hears. And in his time, he speaks his truth to our hearts in meaningful ways. Um, and I think that goes back to the whole feelings and truth and keeping yourself in a position where you're hearing truth. Um, and and a- another thing that has been helpful to me, I'll share this over the years, has just been creating then a truth and lie chart. So recognizing at different times, this is the lie I'm believing, and then going to scripture and recognizing, okay, if this is the lie I'm hearing, well, this is what it's it's saying that I'm believing about God. And this isn't true because scripture says that this is, is what's true about God. And then lining that up. And that's been a helpful tool, but that's also a process.
0: I really like that idea. I think I'm going to have to adopt that, one. <laughs> that sounds very, like, very practical. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really appreciate what you're sharing there about just, you know, it isn't just this easy one step process, you know, of, of putting our hope in, in the Lord, and it is this lifelong identification of what we are fearing and the and the application of the gospel to that and it's a daily thing where you you are going to have to take it a day at a time and you are going to have to recognize how the gospel applies in that situation um how does god's truth answer our feelings mm-hmm. um because it's very easy to just let yourself spiral down into the feeling and not you know look at it objectively and say, what's true about mm-hmm. God in this situation? What is true about my circumstances because of what's true about God? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I walk faithfully in this and trust in and keep my eyes on him? Mm-hmm. Do you have um, particular passages you mentioned? We talked, we've talked about Job. You mentioned 23. <laughs> Did you have any other passages mm-hmm. of scripture that you just, those are your go-tos when you're most overwhelmed and discouraged and, and, Do you have one that you would say, like, everybody should memorize this passage? It's very important. (laughs) Well, there are a lot of them. And I remember listening to John Piper um, at one point
1: saying, if you're going to memorize one passage, it should be Romans 8. And I think there's lots of good stuff in Romans 8 to memorize. Um, But one that I memorized as a child that has stayed with me and been really helpful is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I still remember, you know, walking up from the basement at night and the house is dark and I had to turn off that last light and then shut the door behind me. And then I would run upstairs because I didn't want to be in the dark. And uh, I think of how, you know, I've been reciting that verse to myself when I've been in darkness when I've been in difficult situations ever since just that truth that he is with me I don't have to be afraid um and it speaks right to that fear so that's one that I've had since a child and then I think of just the title of the book he will be enough you know that comes from second Corinthians 12 9 you know his grace is sufficient his power is made perfect in weakness and then uh the subtitle, how God takes you by the hand through your hardest days. I think of Psalm 139, you know, whether I rise in the wings of the dawn or settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold me fast. Um, There's nowhere we can go that he doesn't see us. He doesn't go with us and lead us. So those are all go-tos. But honestly, this book, each chapter has a go-to verse. (laughs) So that's how it's set up. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. And I can relate so well to the Isaiah 41, 10. My dad taught me that when I was probably, really? yeah, probably 10, 11 or so. I think I was struggling with a lot of anxiety and he had given me that verse. And that has been one that I go back to all the time. And it's just such a comfort. And it's one of those, like, it, it's just an easy one to recall and just remember who God is. And that's what you mm-hmm. need. That's what scripture memory is for. Is memories of God's character. And, and it just reminds you of his presence. Um, does, have you had particular moments where just the knowledge of God's presence with you has helped you and comforted you when you've been struggling these last few years?
1: Yeah. And I was going to say with that verse, the Isaiah 1-2, I think part of what's so comforting, maybe, I don't know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about this, is because it's in like God speaking in the first person. So it's like he's speaking directly to us so I love the pronouns in that <laughs> um but yeah so I shared earlier you know my kid's diagnosis and then when my daughter was uh, almost two she was diagnosed with um, a form of hypoglycemia that had us in the hospital trying to figure out what was going on why her blood sugars were going low and I just remember being in that hospital room and really being alone and being isolated and uh the lord brought second corinthians 4 to mind and um it just was such a reminder you know that in second corinthians 4 it talks about how we can be perplexed we can be um just in the middle of these hard things. And yet God sets limits to our trials. He sets boundaries to them so they can only go so far. And I just remember being in that place of true perplexity and uh, the Lord reminding me that he sets those limits. And um, that just met me in that specific place and that specific situation. But yeah, how God, you know, he gives us those truths. We hide them in our hearts and then they come
0: alive in those moments. His word does not return void. It just reminds me too, as you're talking about how important it is that we are immersed in God's word, because none of this conversation would be happening mm-hmm. if the Lord had not mm-hmm. first given you a desire to love him and know him. Mm-hmm. But then you have been faithful in being in the word and that has provided a refuge for you in so many ways a go-to a a comfort Mm -hmm. and you're not floundering you're not being tossed around because you know who God is and he's and you know who is with you um not just what he can do for you but who he is and that's just such a good I've I've been so blessed by this conversation Katie Mm it has been full of reminders for me I'm just Mm -hmm we all need to hear over and over again, go to the word, be in the word, hear mm-hmm. God speak to you directly mm-hmm. in his word. Um, it's just so, I'm just mm-hmm. so blessed by this. Thank you so much oh. for sharing this today. Um, I, Can I add one thing real quickly yeah, there.
1: Oh, please Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, that's no right. Just saying that too. I'm just thinking, honestly, I'm, I know this has been true for me, but I would imagine people listening also, you know, in when life is overwhelming, you know, when I all of a sudden had specialist appointments and was trying to navigate those and care for my children and add medicines into the mix. When I was in that like season, when everything seemed so crazy, there really wasn't time to read a lot of books. There wasn't time to listen to a lot of messages, but I think that's where, um, you know, by God's grace, even if it was just a few verses, like just that habit of being in the word was sustaining, and it. God, you know, sometimes we want that deliverance. Uh, we were talking about that earlier. We just want the circumstance removed. But what God gives us is the daily manna. He gives us what we need to sustain us for the day. And um, that was definitely my experience, God sustaining me. And um, I didn't need to go to lots of conferences and hear lots of messages in that season. But I did need to hear my pastor like preaching the word to me. And, um, you know, I know not everybody listening has this gift, but you know, I would go back again to, you know, God carried me. It's not my faith or my faithfulness. You know, there were times when this was really difficult. Um, But the Lord has also gifted me with a godly husband. And, you know, I'm so grateful for how in those times when I was weak, he was also leading me to those places and praying with me and for me. And um, so anyway, I just, Was thinking about that when you're talking about the word it's not because I'm like an expert or because I'm like super faithful at studying the Bible
0: no but it's it's I mean I'm really blessed to hear that but it's also just a Mm -hmm. I guess what I meant was more like that it is a testimony to what Mm -hmm. God does with you know our our habits of faithfully coming to his word Mm -hmm. and and how he how he brings fruit from that I think like yeah i i Definitely didn't want to like set you up as like this person who has to hold the standard for us, but yeah, I'm I'm blessed. So blessed Katie by Mm -hmm. the way that the Lord has written his faithfulness into your story and his care for you. And I know that this, you still have hard roads ahead of you. Um, and your family has, you know, many trials on the horizon, but just knowing that God goes with you and he upholds you and he Mm will be enough. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Before we close out, I'll ask you that question. I ask everybody, what would you share what God is using in your life lately to encourage you in walking faithfully with him?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I would say honestly, definitely this book writing process (laughs) Um, and just, this is full disclosure and um, you know, maybe full disclosure isn't the right word, but or right term, but, you know, just being vulnerable, like he will be enough, you know, if I'm putting that on a cover of a book, am I believing that myself? And so, you know, just, uh, as I'm going into this season of the book launch and everything, I think the Lord has definitely used the writing of this book, like the opportunity to study his word to be ministering to me personally, but, um, I'm also grateful to have friends who have been praying for me through the whole book writing process and praying for me even now, you know, that the Lord will sustain my faith through this. Um, that I will believe that He'll be enough for this season um, as well. So I'm right in the middle of my story. So that's um that's a way that Lord has been using personally. But um, in terms of like other resources, I've been reading um dean ortland's book in the lord i take refuge and i would recommend that it's a daily devotional based on the psalms so it has a psalm and then a devotion and um so that's something that i've been appreciating and then uh yeah some it's actually been a joy too i have two other friends at my church who are launching books right now too so it's been a joy to like be reading their books and um learning from them as well
0: Wow. That is amazing. I love that. That's really <laughs> neat. And that I can second that about Dane Orland's book. Um, it's just a, a real comfort and a gift. Honestly, I'm just mm-hmm. really, really blessed by that one. Um, tell us about where we can find you on the interwebs and <laughs> social media. <laughs> Oh, thank you. So I do
1: have a website and that's like my landing place. So I try to put links to any articles I've written or, uh, you know, just keep up to date with book updates and things like that there. I do blog there sometimes. So that's katieferris.com. And then I also am on Facebook. Um, I have a blog, like a Facebook blog called Loving My Children by Katie Ferris. And that's based on the title of a book I self-published a couple of years ago. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram as well, just as Katie Ferris. So you can find me those places.
0: That's great. Thank you so much, Katie. I've really enjoyed this. I've been very blessed and very encouraged mm-hmm. by you. I hope we can have you back another time. Cause I just <laughs> like, I don't even want this to end. I'm like, we'll have to find something else to talk I about. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real delight. Thank you. And um, the Lord bless you and your work. Friend, thank you again so much for being here. I'm praying this episode was a blessing for you and that you will consider and continue in the grace of God as he meets you in your trials. Please do check out Katie's book, which you can find at thegoodbook.com or at Christian Retailers or at Amazon as well. Again, Katie's website is com, and you can find her on Instagram at t Ferris. You'll find us on Instagram at Women Encouraged or on Facebook at the Women Encouraged page. And as always, at women encouraged.com. Blessings to you, friend. Thanks again.